Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing at home? All right. Y'all guys leave some comments. Let's talk. Preach to me. Preach back at me. Let's have some church on today. I hope everyone's enjoying themselves uh, to the best of their ability while they're home on today. Uh, For anyone that's a first time visitor, we want to welcome you to Hope Haven Church, a church where our mission is to be real. It is to reach, to evangelize, to accept and to love. Uh, So we want to thank you guys for joining us on today for our worship experience. Uh, We want to start with a word of prayer uh, and afterwards we'll go right into the word of God. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for us to gather together, God, Uh, even though we're not together uh, in person, God, we're together in spirit, God, and we're together, God, uh, just through uh, networking and through technology. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you touch each and every single one of us that are on the call or on the line on today, God. God, you know our requests, God. You know our needs, God. God, we ask, Lord, that you meet every need and every request, God. Touch us, Lord. Touch each and every single one of us, God. God, we pray, God, during this season, God, of comfort, we pray, God, that you just provide and continue, God, to be there for us during this season, God. Let us know, God, that you have never left us, nor will you ever forsake us, God. And God, we ask, Lord, that this virus ceases, God, that you have your way in this situation, God. For God, we understand and we know that all things work together for your good. And Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you guys can do me a favor, uh, those of you that are at home, if you can grab your phone, uh, just take a quick selfie, hashtag Hope Haven Church and put it on our social media network uh, just so we know that you guys are watching. Take some pictures with the kids. I know some of y'all are in your bathrobes or uh, have your bonnet on. Um, if, if you're not shamed, go ahead, take a picture um, just so we know that you guys are on the line and you're worshiping with us. So today I want to go right into the word. I want to... Uh, come from the book of Psalms, the 139th Psalm, and we're going to start at the seventh verse. We're going to read verses seven through 12. Uh, The 139th Psalm, verses seven through 12. Uh, Some of you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, we're fortunate enough to have a software here right now uh, where you'll be able to read it online as I read it to you. Uh, I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and it says, where can I Go to escape your spirit. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light will be Night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. The darkness and light are alike to you. The title of this message is he is in this with us. He speaking of God is in this with us. Uh, One thing we need to understand is that whatever is going on in the world right now, God is not only in control But God is also with us through this whole entire situation, even when it looks like God is not there. Uh, I preached a message a few weeks ago of how God will do things behind the scenes to get his purpose fulfilled. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you look now, you will notice that uh, families are coming closer than ever before. Uh, You're starting to slow down. Uh, The hustle and bustle of life is beginning to uh, take a turn for the better. Uh, 
for the last few years, uh, we have taken pride on working hard and grinding and spending 20 and 24 hours sometimes of just nonstop working. Uh, but I believe that uh, this is a season where God is allowing us to calm down and to slow down so that we can enjoy the moments and the times that he has placed us in. Uh, so I hope those of you that are in your houses right now, you're enjoying your families, you're enjoying your loved ones, and you're enjoying this time. But I also want to encourage you during this time that God is in this with us. I want to talk today about uh, the omnipresence of God, uh, the fact that God is everywhere that we are. Uh, one of the things that we have to understand is that God consumes all space. Uh, and when God consumes all space, that means that our space is nothing but a little space in the complete space of God. Uh, somehow we got it confused into believing that God evolves around us, but we evolve around God, which is why the writer says in him, do we live, do we breathe and do we have our being? Because everything that we do evolves around God. Uh, but sometimes we think in our minds that we can somehow make God disappear, but we fail to understand that God will always be uh, omnipresent in our life. Uh, see, in the natural world, what we are able to do is we're able to ignore certain people. Uh, when our cell phones ring uh, and, and we don't feel like talking or uh, we're busy or we have a lot going on, uh, there's an option on your phone that says ignore. And the person on the other end can only assume, unless they're somewhere watching you, they can only assume what and why you ignored their phone call. Uh, but the thing about it with God is that you can hit ignore all you want, but God will always be present in your life. The thing that we need to be concerned about is what would happen if God ever hit the ignore button on us. Uh, we need to be grateful that God has never ignored us or never hit the ignored bus button on us when we've called him. It may have felt like he ignored us, but God has never ignored us. Sometimes God is silent because God's work is already in works. God is already going to work on the things that you're praying for, which is sometimes while he's, why he is silent. So three things that I want you to understand is that God is everywhere that we are. God is everywhere that we shall be, and God is everywhere that we could be. So I want to go with the first point. God is everywhere we are. So when we go to the book of Psalms, the 139th, uh, 139th Psalm and start at the seventh verse, it says, where can I escape your spirit? Where can I flee your presence? Uh, the psalmist here is not implying that he's trying to run from God. Uh, but what the psalmist is trying to draw to our attention is that no matter where we are, God is there with us. We have to understand that God's presence or the presence of God's glory is in heaven. The presence of God's power is in the earth and the presence of God's judgment is in hell, which means that God's presence is all over no matter where we go. So we're going to see in the next few verses that the psalmist is going to talk about whether he makes his dwelling in the heavens or in the hell or in the west or in the dark, wherever he goes, God is there with him. So we go now to the second point and it says he is everywhere we shall be. So as we go down here, it says, if I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you are there. 
Now, when he speaks of hell, he's not talking necessarily of uh, what we consider hell, but he's talking about if he was to go into the depths of a place where it, it would appear that God would not go, that God would be there with him also. Uh, this is a powerful point because there are some times in our lives where we think that we are places in our life that God will not show up. Uh, we have made some disappointing mis- decisions. We have done some things that were wrong. We may have come short from the, of the glory of God, and we feel as if though God will never forgive us. But I'm here to encourage you that wherever place you are, God is and God is willing and God will be where you are. Isn't it wonderful that God is so concerned about your soul? God is so concerned about who you are that he will come to places that we would least expect him just to bring us out. If some of us shared our testimonies, folks would be unbelieved with the fact that God came to certain places to draw you out. He came into places of drug addiction. He came into places of sickness. He came into places of, 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 of all types of sin and all types of mess just to come in there and to draw you out because he cared about you. And what this is showing me is that there is no place that is too low. There is no place that is is so messed up. There is no place that is so discouraged. There is no place that is so uh, 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 inhabitable that God is not able to come there and reach you where you are. I'm so glad that God was able to reach me in a place where some people would have never came because he loved me that much. So God wants to show us in this text and the psalmist is showing us that there are places in our lives that we feel like God isn't present, but I'm here to encourage you wherever you are in your life, God is there and God will be there if you just call upon his name. It reminds me of a chapter in uh, 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. <clears throat> there was a prophet whose name was Elijah. Some of us are familiar with this text. Uh, Elijah comes from this place called Tishbe, uh, which is in a land called Gilead. Gilead is a rocky and a stony place and God gives him an assignment to go to King Ahab and to tell King Ahab that there will be no rain nor dew for three and a half years. Uh, God now gives him all different types of assignments and God constantly proves himself that he is with Elijah. Finally, uh, Elijah is up to a task where he challenges the prophets of Baal of Israel. These are false prophets who are the prophets and who speak for the queen at that time, who is Jezebel. Elijah is so uh, 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 convinced and he knows for a fact who God is that he takes these false prophets up to a challenge. Now, I just said that his name is Elijah and he's from Tishbe of Galilee. Uh, When you study the word Galilee, it means a rocky or a stony place. And when you study the name Elijah, his name means God or Jehovah is my God. And what this means is that sometimes you will never know who God is until he pulls you out of some rocky places. And all of us have had some experiences where God pulled us out of rocky places. And we know that it was only God that pulled us out of that situation. And because we know that it was only God, our testimony is if God is on our side, then what can be against us? So Elijah has a proven experience with God that God is on his side. And we see here now that he challenges these prophets to a show off over whose God reigns over all gods. He says, this is what we're going to do. You're going to bring your sacrifice. I'm going to bring my sacrifice. And whosoever's sacrifice is consumed by God will know who God 
is real. So the gods are the, the prophets of Baal. They bring their sacrifice and they begin to worship in their way. And they begin to run around this offering, their, their offering, and they begin to cry out and they begin to scream and nothing happened. They begin to make more noise and nothing happened. It got so bad they started cutting themselves and nothing happened. It started getting so bad <clears throat> that the prophet Elijah began to mock them because their God would not show up. One thing that I want you to draw, to draw to your attention in that text, I believe it's the 18th chapter, is that what they were doing was they were trying to work up God rather than bring down God. You can't work God up. We don't have enough strength to tell God what he's going to do. But we do have enough strength to call on his name so that he can come down to where we are. So Elijah understands that their worship is wrong. So what he does is because he's so confident in who his God is, is he tells them to bring buckets of water. And he says, bring water and pour it on my sacrifice. I am so convinced that my God is a God above every God that you can drench my situation and God will still show up. Isn't it wonderful when you have that kind of confidence that you can be down, you can be out. You can have all types of storms going on in your life, but you still have confidence that God is your God. So he tells them to bring the buckets of water and they begin to drench his sacrifice. And when he calls on the name of his God, the fire comes down and consumes his sacrifice. At that moment, after he proves who his God is, all of Israel begins to bow down and they begin to honor Jehovah as their God. Elijah now goes to the false prophets and he beheads these prophets because they have been deceiving the people of God. Jezebel, who is the queen of Israel, becomes disturbed and she puts word out that she's going to kill Elijah. Elijah decides that he's going to run into a cave and hides. He decides that he's going to run not only from Jezebel, but he's going to run from his assignment and he's also going to run from God. I told you guys in the beginning of this text that God is omnipresent and there is nowhere that you can run that can escape God and his wrath or his mercy. So the Bible says that God comes where he is. I love how the scripture says it in 19th chapter. It says that the word of the Lord came to Elijah and it comes to him and it asks him, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you in this cave? Elijah, am I not the same God that called you from a stony, rocky background? Elijah, am I not the one that called you and you have no lineage of being a prophet or a priest? Elijah, am I the one that provided a raven to bring you bread and allowed the water of Cherith to keep coming so that it could give you water when there was a famine in the land? Elijah, am I not the same God that withheld the rain for three and a half years according to your word? Elijah, am I not the same man, the same God that used you to bless a widow or her son who were gathering sticks to die? And if I have proven myself over and over and over and over again, then why are you in this cave? I'm here to talk to somebody today and say, if God has proven himself over and over and over again, why are you there? Why 
are we strucken with, with fear right now? Why are we allowing this virus to make us fold? Why are we allowing the rumors of the press and the rumors of the news and the rumors of social media to strike our hearts with fear when God has proven over and over again that he is a God that can make a way out of no way. We now have to have a boldness of understanding that God is on our side and he is here with us regardless of what's going on. So he looks at him and he says, why are you here? I had to send my word into a cave to let you know that even in your depressed state, I'm with you. Even in your hardest moment, I'm with you. And I need all of us to reflect back on some hard times that we've been through. Moments where there wasn't food in the kitchen and God still provided. Moments when we were sick unto death, but God made a way. Moments where it appeared that there was nothing that was going to get better out of our situation and God made a way out of no way. And if God can do it like he did it for you in the past, what makes you think God can bring you through Corona? God is here with us. Ninth verse, if I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon. (laughs) Even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. I'm going to read that again. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there, your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold on to me. Now, when he's speaking in the ninth verse of the wings of the dawn, what he is speaking of are the sun rays that come out of the clouds. They look like wings. And what he is saying is that if I was to fly like the speed of light to the western part of the world, as far away from the S-U-N that I can go, you're still with me. Let's, 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 let's make this spiritual. If I decided in my heart that I was going to go as far away from the S-O-N as far as I can, you're still with me. Now, this is a message of hope to some folks that appear or think that they've gone too far from God. This is a message of hope to let y'all know, those of you that decided that you weren't going to church and you weren't worshiping no more, I'm here to tell you that God's hand is still on you. How do you know? Because if he ever would have took his hand off of you, you would have been consumed in your mess a long time ago. The fact that you're still alive is a sign that God's hand is still on you regardless of what condition you're in. So we see here now that he's using the analogy of people that may have gone so wayward that they feel like there's no way in the world that God still cares for me. But yet the psalmist encourages us and he says that your right hand will hold on to us. Some of us have made some major mistakes in our lives, but God still held us. Some of us have fallen in and out of all types of situations, but God's hand was still on us. And I'm so glad that God didn't judge me according to my foolishness, but he showed me mercy and allowed me to get an opportunity to come back and say, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. You have to understand that God's way, God is going to have his way, whether we like it 
or not. God's plan is going to come through no matter how he has to do it. He can do it by you submitting to his will or he can do it by force. But either way, he's going to do it. Jonah thought that he was operating in his own free will. God told him to do an assignment in the book of Jonah to go down into Nineveh and to preach a message of repentance to the people of Nineveh. The problem was, was that Nineveh was one of the biggest cities in all of the world at the time. And Jonah was afraid of what would happen to him if he was to stand up against the large, one of the largest cities in all of the world and tell them to repent. What Jonah failed to understand was that the person on his side was larger than any city on the earth. But he got caught up in what the situation looked like according to his sight. And he lost focus on what God had told him to do. So Jonah decides that he's going to go the opposite direction of God's word. He jumps on a ship and he decides that he's going to go as far away from God's plan as he could. He decides that he's going to go as westward of God's plan as he could. But God has a way of getting his plan done, whether you want to do it or not. A storm breaks out. And when a storm breaks out, eventually they find out that Jonah is on the ship and he has been disobedient to God. And what happens is they throw him overboard. And when they throw him overboard, I can imagine Jonah says, all right, I guess God's will won't be done. But the Bible says, but God prepared a fish to consume him in its belly for three days. And this belly took him on a trip for three days. After we get through the second chapter of Jonah, after Jonah finally submits to God's will, the Bible says the fish spit him out. And when the fish spit him out, Jonah was right where he should have been at at the right time. And that's how God operates, is that sometimes we try to go wayward and as far as we can from him. But when God gets done, he's going to land you right where he needs you and where he wants you to be when he gets done with you. Some of you said, I ain't never going to church. I'm never worshiping. I'm tired of church and I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. But when God got done with you, when he spit you out, you ended right back up where you were supposed to be. Third point is that God will have the last say in our life. Not only that, but the third point is that God will be where we could be. God could be, or God will be, where we could be. When we go to the 11th verse, it says, if I say surely darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day and darkness and light are alike to you. Oh, oh. If I say surely, 11th verse, darkness will hide me. When you look at the word hide, there's different translations. The word hide could also mean cover. It also means to snatch. It also means to consume, and it also means to bruise. 
And there are some times that we get so far into some things in our life that darkness consumes us. That darkness snatches us. That darkness takes a hold of us, takes away our vision, and we have no more focus on where we're supposed to be. We have no vision for our purpose. We have no vision for God's plan. But I'm here to tell you that even if you've been snatched into darkness, God still has a plan for you. Mm. To some right now, we're in a dark place. We've been snatched out of our norm. We've been snatched from our jobs. We've been snatched from our loved ones. Some of our finances have been snatched. Uh, But darkness has overtaken our sight. And we have lost sight on who God is. What in the world is going on? I, I just can't see us coming out of this pandemic. They said that this is supposed to last 12 to 18 months. I don't have 12 to 18 months. I, 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 I need a paycheck. Now, darkness has consumed you. Mm. I, 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 I don't have time for this. I, I need to get out and about. Darkness is consuming you with fear. And this is exactly what the enemy is trying to do to us in this season. Is he's trying to consume us with fear so that we can lose focus on God. Mm. See, what the enemy doesn't understand, though, is that we serve a God that has night vision. And when everything seems dark to us, we have a God that can look through the darks, dark places and still give us direction. And that's why it's so important right now in this season that we hold on to the hand of God. Because he is the only person and the only thing that is going to be able to maneuver us through these dark seasons in our life. And while it seems to be dark around America, and while it seems to be dark around Italy, and while it seems to be dark in certain patches of China, and while it seems to be dark in all different portions of the world, if we hold on to God's hand, God will walk us around every entrapment of the enemy, everything that's trying to take our focus off of God, everything that's trying to take us away from God, and you got to hold on to God's hand like never before. I challenge you to take your prayer to the next level in the next few weeks. Seek God like you've never sought him before. And as you begin to seek him, God will take your hand and walk you through dark places that you can't see because of his night vision. I'm so glad that God can see the loopholes and the places before I get there. And because I can't see and because I can't trust in myself, this is a season where I got to trust God like I've never trusted him before. We got to hold on to his hand, y'all. So we now need to pray, seek his face, cry out to him, trust him, believe him, because there's nothing else that's going to bring us out of this. And certainly the last thing we need to constantly understand is that he is in this with us. And if he is in this with us and we are his people, He has promised us that his people will not be ashamed. We have seen pestilence throughout the scriptures. We've seen the plague of locusts. We've seen the plague of flies. We've even seen the the angel of death come and take firstborns. But those of us that are covered by the blood of Jesus, 
we will be protected in this season. Trust him and God will lead us out of this situation. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now, God, because we understand right now, God, that you are in this with us. We thank you, God, for God, we understand that we can't see everything. But you have perfect vision, even the night seasons. And God, right now, God, we send a prayer of just holding your hand. Be our father in this season. Hold our hand and lead us through places that we don't understand and lead us through places that we can't see. Allow us to know and to understand and to believe that if you are for us, nothing can be against us. God, protect our hearts, protect our minds, and certainly protect our bodies. Touch each and every single person that is on this call on today, God. I ask God for just a special prayer for them right now, God. Anyone that may be consumed with grief, God, we ask God that you cheer their heart up. Someone may be suffering from depression, God. We ask God that you turn their minds around to understand, God, that there is hope in you. Someone may be sick in their body. We pray for healing, God. We pray for our children, God. We pray, God, that you continue, God, to touch their hearts and touch their minds, God. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have not allowed this virus, God, to take a generation out, God, a generation of young people, God. God, we ask, God, that you keep them, God, continue, God, to restore their bodies. But, God, we pray for our elderly saints, God. Strengthen them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Strengthen their hearts, strengthen their bodies, God. Be with them right now, God. We speak against this spirit of death, God, that is in this virus, God. Strengthen them back up, God. Show them, God, who we belong to. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wanna give you those three points one more time. God is everywhere we shall be. God is everywhere we are. Should have said that first. And finally, God is everywhere we could be. I'm going to say that one more time because I messed up. (laughs) God is everywhere we are. God is everywhere we shall be. God is everywhere we could be. I'm going to give you three more points. God's presence is in his glory in heaven. God's presence is in his power in the earth. And God's presence is in judgment in hell. And wherever we are, he is there with us. This week, I want to encourage you. I want you to have the confidence of knowing that God is with you everywhere you go and everywhere you travel. If you don't leave your house, God is in your house. So just give him glory while he's there. Open your mouth and say, thank you, God, for being here. Learn how to praise him and acknowledge his presence. We don't don't have to clap our hands and wait for him to come. He's already there. And what makes him amazing is I'm here at Hope Haven Church, but guess what? He's right behind that camera at your house. He's in your living room. He's in your office. He's wherever you are. He's in your kitchen. He's wherever you are. And that alone is enough for you to give him praise. I know we're not worshiping together, but can we just for a moment give God some praise wherever we are? Can we just say thank you, God, for being here with me? Can we say thank you, God, for keeping my family? Can you say thank you, God, for no evil report that has come by my dwelling? And if we can just give him praise right now and acknowledge his presence, we know that God is able and God will make a way out of no way. I want to thank you guys for joining us on today. Uh, Thank you again. 
Uh, we're going to meet here um, until we're free to worship again. And I can't wait to see all of your faces. Uh, Monday night, we'll be having prayer at 7 p.m. Um, on Wednesday night, we'll be having Bible study uh, through the same app, through Zoom app. Uh, so tell a friend to tell a friend, share it with someone. Um, I'm going to try to get on Facebook Live and interact with all of you throughout the week. Uh, so jump on there and talk to me. Let's let's just continue to stay connected because in this season, it is so important. Don't isolate yourself because that's what the enemy wants. Continue to gather yourself with the saints, even if it's not in person. I believe that God has given us this technology so that we can still be together. Amen. So uh, before I close, uh, obviously, although we're online and although we're not worshiping together, um, I'm still inside of this facility. Uh, we still have expenses. I'm not trying to take your money, uh, but y'all know we still have to meet every single expense, just like you have to meet your personal expense. Uh, so we have to take up our offer like we usually do. Um, I'm going to give you our offertory response real quickly. <clears throat> um, our offertory response <laughs> is that the first words of the Bible are about God's own generosity. God gave us the gifts of a beautiful creation, our home, the earth, and the animals that live here with us. On this morning, we come together to thank God and to offer our gifts so that the ministry of this church will continue to grow and to prosper. All right, I want to hear y'all through the phone. Y'all with me? How should we give? Let's go. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Somebody reading too slow. Not grudgingly or under necessity. Jody, I don't hear you. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Why should we give? Giving allows us to serve our local community. I can't hear you, Selena. Giving allows us to provide for those in need. Giving allows us to gather together in a building weekly. Yasmin, you're reading too loud. Giving allows us to spread the gospel in other cities across the nation and around the world. So y'all, you know, I can see y'all in y'all house. This is my spirit. My spirit realm is kicking in. There are three ways that you can give. Uh, obviously, you guys are not here. So unfortunately, um, we can't take cash. Um, not sure if we, let me stop. We still take cash. Um, we, we like the kind that jiggles, but we prefer the kind that folds. Y'all seen coming to America. Um, you can also give online. You can go to our website, which is www.go to go the number two hopehaven.org. You hit the given button and you can give through our website or those of you that have the Givelify app, uh, you can go on Givelify. If you don't have the Givelify app, it's very quick to upload or uh, download off of your Android or your iPhone. It is called Givelify. Uh, you just go to Givelify. Uh, you put your information in, and that way you can uh, give recurrently uh, through the website or through that application. So you can go to Givelify, type in Hope Haven Church. We pop right up. You can give that way. Um, give everybody an opportunity to give for a moment. Afterwards, we're going to bless the offering, and then we're going to have a prayer of benediction. And I will see you guys on tomorrow on the line for prayer. All right. Has everyone been able to give? <laughs> All right. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everyone that had an opportunity to give on today, Lord. We ask so that you bless this offering, God. Bless those that were able to give, Lord, and bless those that may not have been able to give, Lord. We ask, God, that you bless our finances even during this trying time, God. We ask, God, that you continue, God, to keep our cup running over, God, so that we lack for nothing. 
And God, we ask God as our, our personal lives lack for nothing. We ask God that the ministry lacks for nothing, God, and that you continue, God, to meet every need for this church. And Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Opportunity uh, for us to uh, gather together through technology, God. Uh, God, it may not be the way that most prefer, God, but it is a way, God, that we're still able to get the gospel across uh, through all nations and throughout the world. Lord, we ask Lord, that you touch each and every single one of us on this week, God. Continue, God, to give us provision. Continue, God, to meet every need, God. Continue, God, to hold our hand in the dark, God. For, God, we understand that even though we're in dark places, if we hold on to you, God, that you will guide us out, God. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all, and I will see you soon.